Hey everybody, welcome to episode 22 of the Balance Your Music podcast. I am your host, musician and producer Ingrid Wood. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and now Google Play for you to subscribe to. That way, you don't have to wonder when a new episode comes out. It just sends you an automatic notification uh, when a new episode is uploaded, which is every Monday. Although every now and then I try to put out an extra episode here and there like this one. Whether you are a returning balance roomer or even if this is your first time stepping into the balance room, welcome. I appreciate you for hitting play. This podcast is uh, its not just for musicians or music lovers, but it's for creatives who are or who have a desire to make a living from their creative side. Okay, so we are about to approach the one year anniversary of the Balance or Music podcast. And I want to celebrate you all, the listeners. I enjoy editing this podcast and having the conversations and putting it together, but I do this for you. I share the content for you all. So this is what I want to do. Um, we're going to celebrate in episode 23, which is going to come out on Monday, October 17, 2016, God willing. But this is what we're going to do. I want you to send me an audio file and I'll tell you how to send it in a, in a minute. But this is what I want you to share who you are. Feel free to say your Twitter, or Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to say. Um, but who you are, if you have a business, feel free to share that. Where we can find you. You don't have to have a business. Um, but who you are, where you are. And then whatever your celebratory message is. So if you want to share a favorite episode. Favorite guest. Um, if you have used something. Heard something on here that you've used in your own business. Or that you're thinking about using. Or even if you just, if you just want to say congrats. And, and that's it. Um, I want to hear from you. I want to put your voice on the podcast. And so this is how you can do it. One of two ways. You can record a voice note on your cell phone and email that file to Ingrid at thebalanceroom.com. That's I-N-G-R-I-D at thebalanceroom.com. Or you can call the Balance Room voicemail, which is 1-803-HIT-ME. That's 1-803-814-4863. Again, 1-803-814-4863. Leave your message. And I can put that in the podcast. And this is for my listeners who maybe you don't feel comfortable or you don't want to hear your voice on the podcast. That's okay. But you still want to send in, in, a, in a congrats or your information, whatever you want to send. You can email me and I will read it over the podcast. So you can, again, email that to Ingrid at thebalanceroom.com and I'll share that. Now, make sure to have this in. I know it's last minute, but make sure to have this in to me by no later than Saturday, October 15th, 2016 by 1130 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That way it'll give me some time to edit it in there and be able to have it out on Monday, October 17th, because I edit this entire podcast alone by myself. Whether you've been listening to The Balance Room for the entire year or whether this is your very first day stepping into The Balance Room, either or and all in between, doesn't matter. If you like it and you want to send a message in, please do so because I, I want to celebrate you all, the listeners. Okay, episode 22. This right here is part two of the conversation that I had with Mr. Brendan Willis, owner of the Ohio Recording Company, which is a recording studio in Fremont, Ohio, like Northwest Ohio. Like I said, this is part two. So if you have not listened to part one, I encourage you to do so. It's kind of an introduction. I'm warming you up for the conversation that um, that we're about to have in this episode. But just to give you a little preface really quick. So Brennan uh, built this 
built this recording studio. It just opened in um, uh, December of 2015. So it's fairly new. And he literally built it from the ground up on this huge lot of land. Like it's huge. So it's this recording studio. And then it's all this land. Like big enough. You could build a couple of football fields. A couple of baseball diamonds. And still have <laughs> room left to, to build another building. Or grow some crops. Whatever you want on this huge lot of land. But it actually I did a video podcast of the tour. So I'll put that. I'll make sure I put the link to that video. In this podcast description. And let me say this, if you are not sure how to find the podcast description, whatever app that you are listening to this episode on, that's okay, because you can always find all that information on thebalanceroom.com. Just look for the particular episode. In this case, it's episode 22, and you will find all that information, all the links, anything that I mentioned in there. So this part of the conversation that I have with Brennan, um, I'm really, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm really glad to be able to share this conversation with you because it's very necessary. And I'm, I'm not going to give it away, but I'm going to give you kind of like my thoughts about it. Before we get into it, I'll let um, Brennan, of course, share everything. But I think it's, it's very necessary because I think a lot of times people feel like have that mentality, you know, when you're when you want to start a business, um, that if you buy it, they will come. You know, a lot of people say if you build it, they will come. But I think sometimes people feel like if you just buy it, people will come. Like if you just buy the brick and mortar, even though nobody wants your product yet, they'll just come. If you just buy the product, even though nobody even knows about the product yet, and you think you're going to have this miraculous marketing plan and people are just going to buy. You know, I think sometimes people dig themselves in, in a deep hole, um, or they become overwhelmed because you have this great idea and you want to put the, the cart or we, I'll put, I'll include myself cause I've done it before when we want to put the cart before the, before the horse, instead of really taking that time to build it and to understand that, um, it's really about the journey and not just about the destination, but because it takes a whole lot to get to that destination place. And so this conversation, I'm like I said, I'm really glad to share it because you see this, this incredible studio that he built from the ground up in December of 2015. But I wanted to take it back to like 10, 12 years before that and like where that started and, and what that looked like um, to, you know, start out in your bedroom and outgrow that. And then you have a house, your own house, and he invites cl his clientele outgrew that. And then to say, okay, maybe now is the proper time to go ahead and build this, this studio. So this conversation has some, some really great nuggets, some really great takeaways for, I think, anybody who listens in whatever field. And something else that, that I do <laughs> in this conversation is I kind of touch on some touchy topics that may not be so comfortable for Brennan to talk about or that I didn't think would be comfortable for Brendan to talk about. And he handled it well, but you know, just, and you may even be thinking it of specifically in this conversation of what was the thought process behind building a physical studio, physical recording studio, professional studio in a climate where there's a lot of prominent, well-known studios that are going out of business or that have had to downsize or sell um, because everybody thinks there, they can just go to Guitar Center or go to Sam Ash and buy all this equipment and create the same thing in their bedroom. So no matter what type of business you have, it doesn't have to be music. 
I'm pretty sure that there's going to be some some valuable takeaways from this conversation. So let's go ahead and step into the balance room. So um, because of what I saw on, on Instagram, I saw that you all built this pretty much from like the ground up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what made you want to build a studio up from the ground up instead of, you know, maybe finding a warehouse and remodeling it or... I don't know if there is one of these around town, but finding some sort of like huge building and getting leasing a whole floor or something like that. What made you want to build it from the ground up? For years, we had thought about like all these things that we had always wanted at studios, you know, and one of the things that we even pointed out was like our load in our load in bay, you know, where we have the the double doors and um, an awning so you can load in in the rain and just kind of all these specific things. And um, then when the studio started becoming like a reality as far as like the financial side and stuff like that, we had talked about or we had looked into like other buildings that were already there or whatever. But anything that I felt like if we were to lease a place, you don't have, you have less control over your overhead, basically. I felt like to for for the correct business model that I wanted to move forward with was one where we owned the building. And if you're going to own the building, by the time you renovate another pre-existing place, like a, like a warehouse or something, but one of them was that there was a building over um, on the other side of town that was like a old bank or something, you know. And, you know, the idea is, is kind of cool, um, but it's not as easy to, like, say, okay, well, we need a 20-foot vaulted ceiling. You can't, I mean, can't just, like, put that in a bank, you know. The building's already there. So, like, you know, this was a way for us to kind of basically make exactly what we wanted and, and relatively, you know, and control our overhead um, because we took a, you know, a loan for the building, but we, we're basically, I mean, we're in charge of it. We don't have a lease or anything to anybody. So that allows us to be able to kind of work in the way that we want to. Like I always, I always disliked the pressure of, oh man, we got to like do this much work or we can't do this project even though we really believe in it because we have to meet this or that thing. Just, just that was kind of our train of thought. The stars just kind of aligned for this. To, I mean, we were very fortunate to be able to have some land and, you know, just the whole thing. So, yeah, probably timing was probably everything, huh? The timing, yes, the timing was is is everything, and um, yeah, I mean, I could say a lot about the timing of it too. You know, I mean, from the standpoint of um, we were just talking about this the other night. We had a friend come over, and we were talking about. Talking about like uh, positivity and negativity, and and how um, have you ever heard of the the secret, the book, the secret? Mm-hmm. So you know some of it's some of it's um, you know you can't just wish things and then you get them. You know you can't just do that. But but what you can do is by by moving forward as like th- that you're intending to do something, like somehow if, if you keep positive feelings and you know keep momentum going things have a way of finding if they're supposed to happen they have a way of happening and so when I was at my old house and I had we had a tiny house we, and, and I had just two small recording rooms and we kept buying more and more equipment to the point where we're swimming and stuff you know and and my wife Carrie she was she, she just went along with it but I mean we didn't we could hardly we had like several pianos in our living room and guitar amps and drums and and I mean my recording rooms were basically like like 10 by 11, you know, I had two 10 by 11 rooms. So we just, and I had tons of guitars and, you know, we're just buying equipment constantly in the hopes that one day we would be able to have a place. And I didn't know, I didn't know how we would ever do it. One day we had basically somebody, um, one of our clients, he came and was like, you know, have you ever thought about leasing a place or thought about, you know, moving this out? 
And I said, well, of course, you know, but, you know, money is, you know, money, you know, it's hard to financially figure all that out. And he said, well, you know, have you ever thought about building a place or whatever? And I said, had I ever thought about building a place? I mean, of course, you know, so I went through and I kind of shared my whole vision with this. Um, what the Ohio Recording Company was, the idea of it. And it's something that we had had a long time ago, and we just we just kind of kept thinking, like, that was like a pipe dream thing. You know, if, if only we could do this, you know, this is what we would do. And, and um, to be able to do it, it's just almost surreal in a way. You know, it's just crazy that it happened, but... You know, it's testament to anybody else that if you if you're in a band or if you're if if you're able to keep doing it, you know, and and endure the hardships of it. I mean, there are lots of times that Carrie and I. I mean, we sacrificed basically our whole house, our living space, and people would always come in and say things like, "How do you, how like to Carrie especially? How do you put up with this or that? I mean, you just do because you just because you love it because you want to do it, and that's how you that's how you get to the point of doing it is by just making space for it in your life. If you're just not ever willing to sacrifice some comfort things, you're just never gonna. You know, it's really difficult to get there. So, yeah, so true. This is the day and age of like the instant gratification mm-hmm. and immediate. People think overnight success. Yeah, sure. Not knowing that somebody's been at it probably for 10 years. What was the time frame that led up to to the building of this of this physical building? Like how many years? Of yeah. Doing that? It was maybe like 2003 or something when I bought my first Pro Tools, compu- like my computer and my first Pro Tools interface. I recorded in my bedroom for... I recorded in my bedroom for three years or something like that, just playing in bands and recording side projects. And um, and some of those people are still recording with us, by the way. I mean, these are people that were recording in, in my parents' house and are, you know, and they've they've continued and followed us the whole time. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's been a long, long journey. But I was talking about, like, going forward with something with the intention of having a place one day. I, I always knew that. You, I could never build a place or have a place, even if I was going to lease a place. Either scenario would not work if I didn't have clients already because, you know, like if you're just, you can't just build a place and then, you know, just expect people to show up. They're just not going to do that, you know. And um, what was really cool is that when we did this, like we had a lot, like like a lot of the projects that we had done in the past, like everybody wanted to come and like record new stuff and like do it because this is like a cool new experience and they wanted to see it and be a part of it. And, and, um, but yeah, you have to do that. You have to, you know, spend years doing it and building up your experience and had, and you know, I wouldn't, my personality, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't sit here and even have any conviction in my voice, like talent, like not that I'm a complete expert on anything, but but I definitely wouldn't be able to sit here and like answer questions with conviction, knowing like having not having those experiences. You know what I mean? I mean, so um, and I like I wouldn't feel confident like telling Nick to do anything or to like try this or do this because, you know, because my experience is kind of like um, concluded me to do things a certain way. You know, if I didn't have those experiences, then I, I would just be discovering it, too, for the first time. So, yeah, it's like, I mean, and and even from the gear standpoint, when you, having gone from not having, just having basic gear, like n- not having any outboard mic preamps and just the built-in in, in interface and um, learning the importance of the converters and all the stuff that you, like, even just having 
something to put their monitors through, your monitor section. And I remember every single th thing that I bought, it just was like a light bulb went off. The first mic pre that I bought, and then I like plugged the mic into it, and I turned it all the way up, and it wasn't noisy. And I couldn't hear like the, I couldn't hear it just buzzing or, you know what I mean? I was just like, whoa, this is cool, you know? And I remember when I bought <clears throat> my first real like converter, I bought a, um, Apogee, um, Rosetta 800 and, um, and Carrie came in and she was like, what'd you do different? Like, it sounds awesome. You know what I mean? Like, what did you do? I was like, it's just louder and cleaner. It sounds better. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just cool, you know? Um, and I remember when I got like my first, you know, great set of monitors and whatever else, but like, you know, with that being said, you know, the progression of like, it makes me really appreciate the, the, the room that we have, the mics that we have, the, the console that we have, the everything is just like, man, this is just so cool, you know, because we just went for so long having those other things and overcoming those obstacles. And that's great. I tell Nick all the time, like go home and record with just whatever you have, because then you come in, you're going to be just so much more, you know, you just have, these are like extra advantages or bonus advantages. So we just try to like use all that time to, to learn and acquire as much, you know, experience and appreciate where you're at now knowing that you've like stuck with it that long and were able to get to this point most definitely this is a question that you may not like okay but uh so nowadays you know people are always like oh anybody can just go to guitar center and get pro tools and buy a mic and try to figure it out or look on youtube and record themselves um so what made you in this kind of what a lot of people want to say, like this transitioning climate in the music world or industry, what made you feel like um, you still wanted to create a physical, tangible space for not just yourself but for other people to record music? Well, I think I think personally, well, I, mean, I want to say this the wrong way. I think that music retailers market uh, consumer level recording equipment to people, you know, letting people believe that they can do just the same exact thing that a studio can do. And to a certain extent, that's partially true. But, you know, I've acquired lots of equipment from people who, who believed that and then they got it and they didn't know what to do. And then they just, and then it became worthless. And then they, and then they just ended up coming to me and saying like, Hey, can you record this? And you know, you can have the equipment, you know, in exchange for, for some studio time or whatever. And I've gotten some good equipment that way. Um, so like, I don't necessarily believe, I just don't believe that, I guess. I just don't believe that, you know, not just anybody can go to the store and buy a uh, Pro Tools interface or, you know, interface and run Pro Tools and get a couple of mics and like have the same experience that you can have at a studio. And I also learned that from years of doing it at my house and being somebody that, you know, bought an interface and tried to like do a studio and like produce people and stuff. There were jobs that I could do, but I had to be way more self-motivated. I had to like, I had to create a, I had to like say, okay, well let's produce these songs up and like, let's do it. And then hopes of getting, you know, money and it worked, but like it, it required me to have the time to do that. And like, I mean, I had to like really like work on it, make a product that people wanted to partake in, I guess. And it's, that's all really difficult to do. I, and I think that I think that also, I think I talked about it earlier, that people, people when they come to record, they don't just want to record just their song. I mean, that's part of it. 
But I, I kind of found out that people don't want to go to your house. It's tough. There's just like a lot of challenges with just producing things in your house. You have people in your house and that's uncomfortable too sometimes. So, you know, it, like to have a venue that's specifically for recording, um, you get people in solely and, and you know that they're like, you know that just being here, they're just like loving it because it's like a, it's like, it's like a vacation. We should, we should start saying like describing this whole thing as like a music vacation. People come here, they get to like have fun and a big, and, and the, you know, we, for people that aren't here, you know, our control room is fairly big and, and, and wide open and the live room is pretty spacious and stuff. And my dad said, um, why are you making the control room that big? And I was like, you think it's too big, you know? And um, that was one of those things, though, that we were going to try to put a coffee table and develop some of the floor space. And then we thought, it's great having it open and and nice. And, you know, those are things, those are all things that you can't do at your house. The space and the experience, you can't buy at, at Guitar Center or someplace. And I don't want to, like, single out any any store, I guess, per se, because, but, um, but yeah, I think that's, like, kind of the marketing they market it to be like, you know, it's this thing that anybody can do. And that's great marketing because everybody believes they can do it and everybody goes out and buys the stuff. But it's not necessarily, like, I just don't believe that that's necessarily the case. Not everybody's going to be musical enough to do it. Not everybody's going to, like, learn how to, like, plug everything in. And not everybody's going to learn how to mix. And, you know, not everybody's going to start with years of experience. And, you know, it sounds great on the front of it, but... At the end of the day, you know, there's a lot to it that, that I don't think everybody realizes. I heard you say earlier before we started about, you know, your trips through Nashville. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm from Ohio. This is home. I love Ohio. But so many of us leave Ohio and never want to come back and are just like never touching Ohio again. Right. So what made you... Um, what made you want to build a business, uh, especially around music, here in Ohio rather than, you know, Nashville or uh, Philadelphia or New York? Well, I felt like Ohio is just a, like the – first of all, I grew up here and I like, you know, I feel like it's my home. And <clears throat> But when we would go to Nashville, um, we had a consultant for the design stuff here, and he was like, you know – this would cost four times the amount of money or, or four or five times the amount of money to do in Nashville. And, and then you're just one of thousands of studios, you know, that in a small space and everybody trying to compete for the same thing all in the same, you know, all in the same genre of, of work. So it was kind of like, you know, why not, why not go to a place where you know and you're familiar with and, and try to give that experience, uh, give, give kind of a professional experience. And not that there's not other professional places, but, you know, because there are. And there are other great engineers and things around in the area. But you just wanted to kind of give, just have like a really great service for people here too, you know. They can kind of get that. Almost like a, I don't want to say a big city. Like we have a lot of times people come in here like, I can't believe this is in Fremont or wherever. And it's like, well, that's kind of why it's here. You know, it's, it's supposed to be a unique thing. And it is, it's unique here, but in Nashville it wouldn't have been unique. And also that gives us a little bit of like, you know, it just gives us a little bit of, you know, clout. And otherwise we wouldn't have had, you know, if we were in a bigger place and we were in a bigger city. And just, I mean, it's just the overhead too. I mean, the overhead and the cost in a bigger city is a lot more. Um, and this just affords us to, to kind of like, 
almost pass the savings on to our clients because like you know it's just a little cheaper to do it in the country and it's also a lot it's a lot slower paced you know what i mean you can you can come out here and in this small area where i mean there's things nearby i mean we have like all the major stores and things like literally five minutes away and that's fine that's good because if you need groceries or whatever you can go get it but you also feel like a little bit secluded like you you feel like you know you can kind of like come here and and be in your own world while you're here and you're not like you know we don't have neighbors we don't have anybody to bother us or you know have anybody to like go outside or bother them i feel like that's a good experience and for all those reasons we put this here the other thing is too i i never really drew a lot from our my hometown was it getting clients from columbus and toledo and cleveland and stuff like that so to me it didn't i don't think you know they were willing to travel to our little tiny house i just felt like this is way better you know what i mean all right if you would like to contact or find out more about the ohio recording company their website is ohiorecordingcompany.com. I'll be sure to link that up in the podcast description as well as on the website. Brennan and Carrie, I appreciate you for accepting my invitation into the Balance Room. Now, don't forget, Balance Roomers, send your audio messages into me no later than Saturday, October 15th, 2016 by 11.30 p.m. And you can send those to Ingrid at thebalanceroom.com. If you enjoyed this conversation There is, I think, a share button on whatever app that you're listening to this on. So make sure to hit that if you like this episode. The theme song for the Balance Your Music podcast, entitled Thank Me Later, is written and produced by yours truly, Ingrid Wood, and performed by Ingrid Wood and the Wood Tribe Orchestra. Until next episode, this is your host, Ingrid Wood. Take care, God bless, and stay balanced. This is Brennan Willis of the High Recording Company, and you're listening to the Balance Room Podcast. Was that it? I got the retro one in. The the original. Yes, the original. The original <laughs> retro. Yeah.